episode 23 Midwest Baseball Ranks podcast presented by Baller Boards. Guys, go check these things out. These are awesome. All you coaches listening, all you managers listening, go check out Baller Boards, ballerboards.com. A completely waterproof stand up to 70 miles an hour wind. Uh, the Magnus markers do not fall off. I know I lose five, six markers a game. I spend a ridiculous amount of money on these markers. These markers aren't going anywhere. They're locally made in Michigan, handmade boards. Um, they got standard and custom options. They have baseball, fast pitch, slow pitch, softball. They do it all, guys. Go check it out, ballerboards.com. These things are really cool looking, man. You get your logo on there. Uh, you got the, everything customized and everything. This is, this is awesome. You walk into a dugout, this is what your kids want to see. It lights, lights the dugout up, and we all know we need that energy in that dugout so uh crafted by hand in michigan like i said i mean that's cool support your local stuff um go check them out guys right away ballerboards.com and uh, we'll be posting some stuff on social media about them but ballerboards.com go get them right now all right everybody welcome back midwest baseball ranks podcast andrew my guy what's going on how are we doing today Man, just one more day closer to Hawaii, my friend. Yeah, you lucky, man. You are lucky. <laughs> nice. That sounds real nice. But uh, we got a special guest with us. We got our uh, special co-host going to be on with us here every couple weeks or so, Coach Tabor from Baseball Youth. What's going on, man? How are we doing? I'm good, man. I'm glad to be back here and hang out with my boys and, and talk baseball. Absolutely. I love it. I, I, we, you guys can't see us, but we all got blue shirts on, so we coordinated. We're all on the same page here. <laughs> We're going to have some fun. Completely planned. Yeah, right, right. Completely planned. <laughs> We're going to have some fun, though. Uh, you know, Coach Tabor was on with us a couple weeks ago, and a uh, great episode. We had a lot of good feedback from it. Um, you know, we both got big audiences, and, and, and everyone just loved us talking baseball. So we're glad to have you back, man. It's uh, Like you said, it was a lot of fun last time. Oh, yeah, we're going to get after it, and I, I can't wait to see some stances here. Yeah, oh, you know, and, and you started a trend on this show, man. This The Crocs thing has taken off since you've been oh, on this show. It is. Every episode, we have yeah. to ask it. We have to ask it. That's now one of the fun questions that we ask every <laughs> single time. Are you a socks and slides guy, or are you a Crocs and slides guy? And first, I'll be honest with you, I cannot understand still to this day how many people are actually saying Crocs instead of slides? Like, I was joking with Jim probably the past couple episodes here, and there is literally Sperry came, Sperry's has a Crocs version of a loafer now. It is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Tone that down. I have a pair. <laughs> Tone it down over there. <laughs> I should have known that was coming. We should have been on Andrew. I'll send you a picture when I get home. Uh, I love it. I love it. I, I, I kid you not, every episode someone texts me, randomly a different person, and they're like, hey, I like the cracks too. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm not kidding you. Go through my phone. There are so many crack text messages. And that, my friend, started with you. Um, I even talked about, I saw on your Facebook, you had uh, someone posted on it with the little uh, the snow plows for the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's a real thing. People think that this Croc situation is a joke. People only know me in Crocs. It's like yeah. <laughs> I went to Famous Footwear the other day, and there's literally a whole aisle designated to Crocs for men, a aisle designated for women, and an aisle designated for kids. Uh, 
Duh. There's three aisles in that store for Crocs only. Because if you ain't crocking, you ain't rocking. <laughs> Actually, yeah. But, hey, Jim, didn't we say we were going to yeah. stop saying the C That's word, right. though, yep. until they started sponsoring the show? Yeah, that, we got to be careful with this, man. We're giving them free we're ads. We're giving them way too many free ads. I emailed them. They have not emailed back, and we're mentioning them every show. So uh, this will be the last time we talk about them. We're going to bleep it out every time. Until it starts out of control here. Yeah, I can see it now. Hey, hey guys, don't say the C word. Uh, well, uh, uh, <laughs> what's he talking about? Well, I, could, I, thought, we, I thought we agreed on the CR word, so we, we could separate. Ah, okay, here we go. Here the we go. CR okay. word, yes. Yeah. Yeah. CR, CR word. Okay, hey, I'm hey, here uh, for that. <laughs> hey, Tabor, there's there's another question that we've been having to ask people lately. Okay, and I, I can't remember. Are you a gum guy or a seed guy? What was your answer? Gum. I can't be on the turf. Okay, okay, okay. So here's the deal. Here's the new invention that we came up with, what, four episodes ago? Yep, yep. Would you try seed-flavored gum? What flavor? Original. Salty, original. Original. Yep. No. You got to try it. If, every, if, if try people it. could see his face yeah. right now, he went straight stinking. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if you put your name on it, I would buy a pack just to say I supported my homie. Yeah, but yes. I'm definitely not seeking it out in the stores. Like, hey guys, go get your seed flavored bubble gum. <laughs> Unless hey, it's Taco Supreme, then we can talk. Oh, that now that might be a decent gum flavor. Taco Supreme seed flavored gum. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sponsored by Midwest Baseball Rings. You can find it at uh, a Guardian Baseball. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sam's going to be like, wait, what did we just come up with? All right, cool, whatever. We're right. We're going with it. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, you see Mark Paul just chewing on some, just a big wad full of seed flavored gum in his cheeks. Hey, that might be a meal replacement. That might be a dietary supplement. That's a good call. <laughs> It's like, what, five calories, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. That's great, man. I, I, hey, I don't be surprised. I'm surprised no one's done it, to be honest with you. As crazy as it sounds like, we all know baseball, this world is a crazy world with travel baseball. I'm surprised no one has done it yet. So uh, either we're going to do it or someone else is going to. So someone's probably ran with our idea already, but oh, well. Hey, speaking of speaking of crazy... Here, that's a great that's a great segue into our first topic. Speaking of crazy here, and can be crazy. What about parents that travel baseball games? What do you guys think? Yo, are are you are you guys mostly yo know, good with parents, bad with parents? I would hope that it's mostly good, but you know, what do you guys think? Coach Tabor, let's let's hear from you first on this one. Parent situation in travel well, baseball. This is where I get to be the bad guy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I get all the parents, man. So like, I get the crazies, I get the good ones, I get, I get it all. And so like, I think at some point, you just have to realize like if if somebody doesn't speak up for their child, then who will? So I think whenever you're looking at a crazy parent, you just need to, in my opinion, what I do is I take that step back. Okay, are they really defending their child or is it their emotion? And I think once you're able to part ways with get rid of the emotion, figure out what's going on, and then are they just sticking up for their kid? Because if they are, then they're a concerned parent. And you need to learn how to deal with concerned parents. Now, they're being emotional 
it's it is what it is like you just got to learn to to tone them down now i will say i love me a good parent i love me a good parent that will let me coach their kid that doesn't care necessarily about what's or the tone of the way things are said as long as it's said sure i love parents that way Right. I agree with you. And, and the reason I put this topic on the sheet here today, uh, I was at a basketball tournament this weekend and there was a parent, his kid was a pretty good basketball player. And I know it's a different sport, but it's the same at the end of the day. And it's AAU baseball. Right, baby. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this <laughs> parent made a comment on every single play and it was loud and it was yelling and it was, you know, some arguing about the ref, but it was mostly at his kid. And very rarely was it positive. It was all mostly negative. Or you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. In a basketball game, it's it's fast-paced back and forth. It's 40 minutes. So I sat four rows behind him, and it was 40 minutes of this. I couldn't take it anymore. I was, I was losing my mind. So I felt the need to bring this up because baseball is very similar. Um, I love what you said, Coach, in, in talking about um, a good parent. There's nothing better than that. And my biggest thing about uh, quote-unquote crazy parents or whatever um i think at the end of the day the most important thing is you got to let your kid be and let him play and figure it out out there and andrew and i talked uh, i think it was last episode and i know we've done it a few times before but i'm a big believer in a rule of you know at certain time period before you approach a coach um i'm i've been i think it's usually like a five-day period for me if i had a problem or anything um and you wait that certain amount of time and then let it settle because nothing good happens after a game if you have a problem with the coach or a problem with something that happened nothing good comes immediately after a game uh that's my biggest thing and i know andrew we talked about that was i think it was last week right yeah yeah it was last it, it was last week and you know i I started implementing actually my first year of travel baseball. I don't know if you guys have ever read the Matheny Manifesto. Yep. Yep. The the Mithi, Mike Matheny basically wrote a book about youth baseball and little league and and all that kind of stuff. And he wrote a letter to his. For those of you that don't know out there, he wrote a letter to all of his parents when they asked him to 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 coach this team. He basically wrote a letter to all of his parents and told them, "Hey, you're the problem with." With your youth sports, you're you're it, you know. Uh, these kids don't need the extra pressure. They don't need you yelling at them. They don't need all that kind of stuff. And we're all guilty of it, oh, right? Yeah, sure. Like, there's times, there's times as a coach, like we're yelling at a kid, like, "Hey, throw strikes!" Oh yeah, coach, because I'm trying to throw a ball. That's the worst right? one. Like, That's the on. worst one. But you yeah. know, like, come on, coach, like, hey, dude, you got to swing the bat better and get a hit. Yeah. No, <laughs> Go figure, coach. Thanks for that. You know, I I'm guilty of it myself. My daughter is is seven years old, and she's on a travel soccer team, and she is very very good at it, and and she's well known in the area and stuff. So we sit there and we're at travel soccer if we're not at baseball, and it's hard for me as a coach to take myself out of the coaching aspect of it, and just be a fan. So there are times and me and me and my daughter's coach have a very good relationship and everything. We text a lot back and forth and stuff. But there's times where she'll come up to me and she'll, Andrew, shut up. Just stop. Please stop. Yeah. You, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard and it, it can be an issue, but the 24 hour rule is something that it has to at least be 24 hours, especially if you have an issue with the coach. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a parent that are yelling at umpires <laughs> at a youth baseball game, I got a problem. 
<laughs> Let the coaches handle the umpires. That's what we're there for. First of all, this goes back to the previous portion of it. You got to at some point trust your coach. Like, you're paying a bunch of money to the organization. The organization put this person in charge because they trust this person. So you should trust them too. And if you don't trust them, just leave the team at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 But if you're yelling at the umpires, now we have an issue. So what my parents do is they read that Matheny manifesto. They sign it saying, we understand, we read it, and we basically live by it. Yeah, I was just going off of what you was talking about, I know my high school coach implemented this really well. Um, and this is where I've, I've learned this and I've stuck to my guns on it. But I will not talk to you an hour before the game during the game, or 24 hours after the game. So his is basically, he called it the one present 24 rule. I like that. So I'm not going to speak to you an hour before the game. I'm not going to speak to you during, clearly, because I have a job to do. And then I'm not going to talk to you 24 hours afterwards. And that, like, when you really, like, even the parents that I deal with, when I'm like, hey, give me 24 hours. Come talk to me tomorrow morning. They have a totally different mindset of, oh, okay, now that I have removed the emotion away from, like we just talked about earlier, the emotion away from everything, I'm really not that mad about this, but I am upset about this. And then we get to the root of all the problems. And so, like you said, establishing culture, and you're right, parents that yell at umpires, you do nothing but get that team terrible calls. Nothing. (laughs) That's a good point. Because they're not yelling nothing good. You're cussing. You're acting a fool. Yep. You're terrible, 100%. and you're like, what? Yep, 100%. Yep. And we're all, again, we're all guilty oh, for of sure. it. <laughs> for sure. And, and the one thing about being guilty, we've all yelled stuff at an umpire. I've kind of done something on my own that, the past couple of years that when I do get caught up in the moment, I make sure I go to that umpire after the game and say, like, hey, good job out there. Like, I get the best of me or something like that. Um, and even, like, sometimes if I could tell a guy I had a rough – rough day back there i like going up to the umpire and be like hey man thanks i appreciate your time just like something real small because they don't get that and i, I brought me up to another point uh Tabor, i i think if it was your post but kentucky what junior high baseball was that yours that is like looking oh, for yeah. umpire so right Struggling. that's a problem they, they they might have to cancel their season because they don't have freaking umpires mm-hmm. because they're sick but, of getting yelled. Gee, i wonder why right Right, gee, I wonder why. Well, what, I mean, for us, I think it was a little different because our parents were more of the very brash yeah. type. But, like, yeah. nowadays, what 16, 17, heck, 18 to 20-year-old, they don't care about that $30. They can do a TikTok dance and make $30. <laughs> right, it's a great So why point. am I going to go listen to Joe Blow from down the road and start yelling at me because I yeah. missed his son's t-ball game and I'm just not fair? Right. Right. My my first job was umping games. Yep, I did too. And I made $20 a game. And I'll tell you, when I was making $20 a game, I, I thought I was in seventh heaven. Oh, I was big. Like I, that was, oh, man. Dude, it was it was fantastic. Now, man, for 20 bucks a game, I'm going to go out there and just get yelled at right. the entire game. And on top of that, I'm in 100-degree heat on turf. In full gear because I got to sit behind a catcher and I got I got this <laughs> dude behind me that thinks that his seven year old is gonna be drafted by the Atlanta Braves at the end of the season yelling at me. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. I, you know, 
I'm good. I'll just work at McDonald's for that. Yeah, right. well, I mean, like, even for me now, like, I mean, I do some umpiring on the side, but, like, it's to the point. So, like, mine and Zev's relationship started because I was umpiring, and I told him, I said, dude, I'm tired. Like, I'm tired of it. Like, yep. I want to do something else that's not um, – and I'm making $50 a game, and I'm still to the point where I'm fed up of hearing it. And I'm in this space. Like, you know, I know they're crazy. Right, you so know. If you right. take somebody that's not baseball savvy that doesn't know the game, they're like, "Man, I ain't messing with none of that." No, right, right. This isn't every parent either. This is this is a this is honestly not even the majority. I think, but it's the one parent that ruins it for everybody. It's the yeah. one parent that ruins it for everything, and that's that's kind of what we're trying to explain on this podcast. That it, this is not the majority. The negativity that you hear about travel baseball and travel sports is not the majority. But you're hearing about those one or two off situations and stuff, and these parents thinks it's funny, and it's not funny, and no one else thinks it's funny on the baseball field, we're actually all embarrassed for them. You know, so listener land, this is, again, this is a negative in travel baseball, but it's definitely not the majority that, that this is happening. No, I agree with you, but I also, I think it's contagious too. So if you have that one parent, then you, you might get one or two more that join in during the game and they might like after like feel bad about it and stuff like that. But again, you get caught up in the moment and one person doesn't, then you have three of the 11 kids on your team, their parents are doing it because it's just, it's contagious and everyone gets caught up in the moment. And I, I think you all, everyone needs to take a step back in, during these games. Yeah. Um, as we've discussed multiple times, your nine year olds not getting drafted by the Yankees tomorrow. And I get you're playing at the highest levels and it is, it's tough to keep your mouth closed at times, but right. I think we're all at the point where it's long overdue. I'm sick of seeing no umpires uh, or one umpire at big tournaments and stuff like that or you have to pull guys that uh, I don't know they're coming from 100 miles away whatever it may be it's uh it's beyond due for a change here yeah I I have a just a quick story about a situation that I mean you said it right there and it, it follows up with the whole you know it's contagious type situation here we were in a tournament and um I, I have my father-in-law is my first base coach, and then I have a third base coach as well. And my father-in-law is out there, and I mean, we're beating this team by a lot. This team should not be in this tournament, okay? And we were trying to pull back and call off the dogs, and we were just going base by base. But our kids at the beginning of the season, man, when they saw a pass ball, what's your first instinct? Yep. Yeah, go. See yep. you. Let's go, right? You go. Okay, so, so one of my kids stole and everything and and he's standing on second base and and stuff and all of a sudden like the they're starting to yell at the umpire one guy starts yelling at the umpire and then all of a sudden another guy starts yelling at my father-in-law which is a 70 year old man going out there and coaching first base just because he loves the game that much right and he's getting yelled at so i'm like okay this is enough pass ball again my kid steals again and I, I at that point like i'm going to my kid saying dude stop running on a pass ball please so now the parents like starting to climb over the fence and everything and so i'm like okay i'm gonna go out there and defuse the situation right so i pull my father-in-law off the bet off the field and i'm like hey you go sit down and stuff which is ridiculous in the first place that i had to do that so all of a sudden we're standing there, we're standing and he st starts yapping at me, the same parent. So I look over at my <laughs> at my third base coach and I 
I yelled over at him. And I was like, send him. <laughs> so the very next pass ball, he goes home. He's he's safe. He's standing up safe. Parents starts yelling at me again. I pointed over to him. I'm like, that one's on you. Shut your mouth. And then we held back. That parent at the end of the game came up to me and said, Coach, I'm sorry that I did that. Right. My wife pulled me to the side and said that I was making a complete ass of myself. And I'm sorry that I did that. That's that's on me. You guys are a clean program. That's on me. But it's like in the heat of the moment, dude, just take a step back. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing that I like more than when someone, after they're wrong, um, in the baseball environment, like, apologizes there's so i mean that's cool to me like I, yeah. whatever it happened but if you're man enough to um go to an umpire go to an opposing coach go to a kid whatever that may be and apologize that's awesome to see in my opinion yeah yeah no, so nothing better. not right it's just a cool feeling and and I, I don't know it seems like to happen at these big tournaments um Tabor, I, i'm sure like florida is a good example for new year's everyone's like really good people um you're there for the same goal and you got these combo teams and you get caught up in the moment but then after the game you're like all right i mean we're all here we know each other you know stuff like that i'm sure uh, i've seen a bunch of instances that, like down there and then after the game for the most part people are you know cool about it so um and especially you know you're all the showcase stuff you do too i'm sure it's the same thing like just it happens sometimes but if you're man enough to admit it after the game that's what it's all about mm-hmm. yeah i mean for for me in that like I'm 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 with Andrew I'm more of a I'm gonna show you what an a hole looks like and then yep. you'll realize how nice I've been yeah yep hundred um, percent I mean honestly I down was in so Florida furious. in Florida like what you just said was the exact thing that happened to me and this is my nine U team I'm over here like <laughs> we're acting fools over nine U right and so co- it was nine you last year for me too and that's what it's crazy <laughs> to me is like so this coach is over here hollering at me hollering at me telling me that my program don't do things right and yada 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 and i'm like bro we're up seven runs <laughs> you're telling me i'm not what <laughs> so then i'm like all right i was gonna be nice and just get to eight but now let's get it to 15 right so, right yeah 100 and then that's whenever yeah. everybody was like okay we get it coach i'm like sorry bro like you did this yeah you brought me to that level yeah. Yeah, it's it's it always seems to be mostly at these younger ages. It's uh, and again, I get it. I get it. It's your first taste of this big travel world, and it's it's a crazy world. And you know, it does seem to happen at that eight, nine, maybe ten age. Um, I, I, specifically, I remember I was at bullpen for a tournament, and we were my kid's team was playing in the semis, and uh, he was pitching, and it was a big game against a big team, and there was a eight U or seven U coach pitch game going on behind and they're going back and forth and arguing and playing music coach walk up songs every coach time yes, yes. And, and they was, were the most noticeable ones in the park a dude coach we, we had to call time on our field multiple times the umpire to like to like let it settle down like that's how crazy it is it's like so I, everyone just needs to take a step back and just you know at times like breathe for a minute and don't jump on things immediately I do feel like those parents start weeding themselves out because no coach or program wants to put up with them either. Yeah. So I do feel like those parents start weeding themselves out um, going older in the ages because they're good. They're typically the team hoppers too, that one coach doesn't want them. So they go to another team and then they go to another team. Then they run out of teams to go to. And then they find that team that actually wants them. And then that team falls apart because they're a bunch of parents like that. Yep. Yeah. So, or they all just form, they're all on one team. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. And and that actually look at that. Another segue to our next topic. Man, I am on yeah, point with the segues right now. That was good, man. I don't know if it was on purpose or not. Uh the first one was he not was practicing but... them the whole time we were on here, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's... While you while you were one minute early, me and Tabor were on here for thirty five minutes practicing this. Thing. Andrew was in the shower this morning and going over it talking <laughs> into himself. He's like, All right, guys, if I do this in this hey man i've been i've been on paternity leave for a couple weeks now what do you mean in the shower this morning i was practicing this show three weeks ago the dedication that we get here and for all you listeners that's what you're getting here you're getting dedication this is no shower talk situation this is three weeks in the world right. uh no the next topic we had though is you know Playing with other teams when your your normal team is off for a weekend. Um, so you know, hey, it's it's June, it's in the middle of June, and your team's taking a, a tournament off. You have that weekend off. You know, what are your thoughts on playing with another team? Uh, who wants it first? Andrew's got his hand raised. What you got, Andrew? Okay, so so here's the thing. All right, so I feel like I'm gonna end up playing moderator on this, okay? Because I have. I have straight dude that just has his own organization that I can feel I can feel his answer. And then I know that you have your kid playing for a couple of other teams yourself. So I can feel your answer. Me personally, I'm 50-50. If the organization doesn't want you to do it, don't do it. If the organization doesn't care and you want to play more baseball, go play more baseball. On my team, I don't really have anybody like that. They all play with me because we play almost every single weekend. So personally... I don't care one way or another. It's on you. It's on you as a player. Now I'm going to play moderator. So I, I'm going to – Mr. Tabor. Hold on. I want to cut you off, though, before we get into that topic because you said <laughs> if a, an organization doesn't allow you to, do we think that is right? Do we think uh, – uh, No. I don't think so either. I don't think that they shouldn't force you not to be able right. to. I should probably rephrase that because I do know organizations that will not allow. Yeah, I don't. I don't they, like that. They you sign you sign the contract. You're playing for this organization. That's it. We're gonna have to release you from contract to be able to have you play. There's some organizations that treat it yeah. way too much like a business yeah. than it is than what it actually is. Yeah. Okay. Now, for instance, Tabor. Okay, I, I'm sure this is where you're gonna go with this. If your organization would prefer you not to, then maybe don't do it. Yeah. Okay. Like that's that's where it, that's that's the wording that I was trying to get through mm -hmm. to. So now I'm gonna play moderator here, Mr. Tabor. Since this is your first time on the show, second, second. at this instant, uh -huh. not first, yeah. first in the very in in our actual opening show, sure. we'll give you the floor first. To me, I'm I'm a firm believer in. In reps, right? Like so, so game-like reps. You can't simulate those reps, and so that's what people have this misunderstanding. Like, yeah, my elite teams are solid, mm -hmm. but that's because most of the time I'm getting those kids that are solid that are wanting to get extra work in. So, you know, for me, the only time I get my kids is when they have an off weekend from their regular team, and all to me it does is. You know, when I see these kids, I'm super positive. I know my coaches are super positive. It's just a super loving, family, competitive environment that, to me, if you sent me your kid, Jim or Andrew, your kid is going to leave with this newfound, let's get after it next weekend with my team. 
you know, let's get back to my team and let's get it going. And so for me, for someone to say, oh, don't go do that or, hey, you shouldn't do that. Well, have you had a conversation with a person? Because I think that there are great relationships that I have with teams across the country that know, hey, we're not playing this weekend. If you want to go play for Coach Tabor, cool. Right. And I think that's where the line's drawn. I think it has to be somebody you trust, somebody that you know, I'm not going out here to throw your kid 150 pitches this weekend so he can't throw next. My coaches know 100 pitches maximum if they're 13. If they're anything under that, they need to be throwing 75 to 80. If you can't win a tournament with the guys that I have, I mean, 10-plus arms at 75-plus, we weren't meant to win it anyways. And I'm not here to hurt kids' arms. I'm not here – you know, I'm not here for any of those things, but I am here to get reps and to simulate game-like things. So not playing – I think playing is better than not playing. Yeah, I I like what you said there about making it – you have to make those decisions with the right people. So it's not – you know, you're not just going to play – you're not – Posted on Facebook, like, hey, does anyone need a player this weekend? I, I don't know if I necessarily believe in that. I mean, if a kid wants to get more reps, go ahead. I guess get more reps. But I have no problem. I, I'm absolutely a, a big believer on, you know, letting your kid play if he wants to play. And it's someone you trust, like what you said there. I think it's important. I also think the friendship aspect plays a big deal in this, too. You're so used to these kids that you play with. I mean, ultimately, year-round, you're with these kids all year, and they're probably your best friends that you're with all the time. But hey, you you have friends in Wisconsin or Michigan or Ohio, too, um, that you see, you know, three times a year, and they want you to play with them, and your buddies with three or four of those kids, and you want to play with them. I think that's important for these kids at these young ages uh, to be able to socialize with other kids, because you're with these kids all summer long, and there's nothing wrong with it it's great but at the end of the day you need a little you know type of break um it's you know a little bit yeah well i mean and i think me and rick actually just talked about this social media has changed the game oh yeah 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 like you know especially you go to tbs nationals you're gonna see a team from new york that's friends with these guys from california and you're like how do y'all keep up with each other but social media texting all these things like you're right. Most of the time, like, I get these buddy requests from All-American games, and it's like, hey, uh, Joe Blow from New York, and then Sally from Florida, and Buck Tussle from, you know, Texas. You're like, y'all want to play together? How did y'all get in? And they're like, we met one year, and we've just played together once a year ever since. Right, right. Yeah. It, social media is crazy. I mean, like what you said, I, I text with two or three coaches from the state of Michigan. We're in a, we're in a text group, and we – text back and forth and there's a nine new coach on there and there's a 10 new coach and we go back and forth and then I have a completely separate group where it's Nate Smith and it's it's Ooten from the Hit Dogs Ohio and it's you know it's ONTNG Sticks Black and stuff from Ohio I feel like I have a new text group for every state for multiple coaches yeah and it's great right we bounce ideas off each other yeah, yeah you should see like I think playing for other people helps your kid because like right. you might be preaching something that he's not listening to. And then he shows up on my front doorstep or Andrew's doorstep. And it's like, Hey, have you thought about doing this? And then the kid thinks it's this ultimate magical idea that you've been telling him all year. So just hearing it from different sides, I think is what benefits most kids for, for what I think. 
Yeah, I agree. And and like if you look at these kids' Instagrams, I mean it's crazy, and they're all like friends and everything on Instagram, which is I mean so cool. You got a ten year old kid, and like you said, Tabor, you're friends with a kid from New York, and you're friends with a kid from California because you played in one tournament together, and you're itching to play again with one another. I, to me, that's like really cool. I do think it's important and and how you handle the situation. So you know, not hiding it from your coach, you you absolutely should you know mention it to them, um, have that conversation, and you know say why your reasons are you know you i want my son wants to play with um team x from ohio because you know he's got friends there and we're off that weekend and that's something we want to do is that okay with you um and ultimately i don't believe an organization should tell you no um as long as it's done the right way like you said you're not going to throw 130 pitches for a random team that's that's ridiculous but hey i'm gonna throw four innings down there maybe and play some outfield and i'm probably gonna bat last and you know whatever that may be but yeah i, I think you have to have that conversation with your coach or whoever um whoever's needed to have that conversation with and so like for me personally as a coach open line of communication with the opposite coach is huge because I want to know, for me as a coach, if any kid asks me, like, hey, can I go play for this team? A, I need to trust the coach in the first place. B, I need an open line of communication. I don't really care. I do that with their trainers as well, with hitting trainers, pitching coaches, everything. I, I have an open line of communication with all those coaches because I want to know what they're doing. And I need to trust that they're not going to be that, that coach that – only wants the kid for his arm so that he can throw 120 pitches and that wastes a weekend for me because I'm very big on pitch count you know on my team so I want to make sure that he his first and foremost priority is this team it's his team everything else is secondary at that point, you know, and I, I think we're getting away to the the point where you're going to play with another team and you're throwing 150, 200 pitches because because of social media. So if you if this coach does that to your kid, it's going to be all over social media. Right. So, um, you know, for the most part. So, you know, as a coach borrowing a player that you, if you use them wrong, it's going to get blasted out there. What's your guys' opinion, though? Because I have if it's a let's say it's a rival team to you. Type thing. What's your what's your opinion on that? They're in the same state, you know. Like let's just say it's it's I don't know. I mean, hit dogs and warriors. Just because I'm in Michigan, it's hit dogs and warriors. They're rival. They're rival organizations. They're rival teams and stuff. What's your guys' opinion about them playing and switching back and forth? Because in the back of a coach's mind, you have to kind of sit there and be like, well, man, he's just they're just trying to. Like, they're recruiting my kid away Exactly, but see, that's where, to me, in this youth space, things go wrong. Like, TBS Nationals last year. I'm walking up to these kids, and I'm just like, yo, I'd love to have you out for NYBF, which is in December when you don't play and you're not getting reps. But the first thing people thought was that I was with another team, and I'm trying to take your players. And it's like, Guys, not everything has to be personal. Not everything has to be, oh, I'm, tr I'm out to get you. I'm out to take your players. And so, like, I mean, you really want to dive deep. Like, baseball youth and game day, we're the same company, right? We're the same company. We do the same things. They run tournaments on the weekends. There's never once that a kid has left me and went to game day, and I've been like, I don't like this kid no more. I don't <laughs> want him to play for me no more. Because yeah. as long as he's having a good time and he gives me a hug, I will pat him on the butt. I don't care who you play for. Have a good experience. Have fun. 
And will the you know what? Honestly, I'll, I'll say this: if fifteen of my kids went and played for baseball ranks team in the NYBF, I would pat them on the butt and I'd give them a hug because at the end of the day, who cares? What's best for this child? Right, right. And you don't know. That's the it, message that gets lost. Yeah, right. that's the message that gets lost. Right, I agree. Yeah, yeah I'm with you on the rival thing. It's it's a tough situation. I get it, but ultimately, if you kind of look at it like, well, it's kind of a, a respect thing. Like, um, you know, if if we're rivals and you want my kid to come play with you for a weekend. Yeah. You may be trying to recruit him at the end of the day, but let's be honest though. Also too, your kid's going to get recruited behind your back anyways. At least you have an idea about it right now. Right. Yeah. So it's right. Yeah. You can kind of nip it in the butt while yeah. you're while it's happening type thing. And I mean, it's, I'm friends with multiple, multiple parents from multiple different organizations. I'm not and we chat and we text and all that kind of stuff. Ain't no coach worried that I'm coming in there trying to take that player. Mm-hmm. There's no coach that's worried about it. It's the parents that are worried that, oh, well, if this kid goes, then our team's not going to be as good. Yeah. Who, first of all, who cares? Yeah, they're 10. Yeah. Like, who cares? You're not a national team. You're 10 years old. Yeah. Like, get over it. Right. Yeah, right. but, like, <laughs> if you're doing your job as a coach to develop that relationship with that young man. Then it doesn't matter. 100%. It don't matter. If you're doing your job as a coach, the rest is irrelevant. That's right. why I don't worry about anyone else of that. And again, I I've, I've looked forward to building a relationship with you guys, and and you know my guys at game day, Rich. Like I have nothing but good things to say about them because at the end of the day, if I do my job, nobody leaves anyways. Right, I agree, and right. and that's again, that's what I like about the, the combo showcase teams down in Florida and stuff. Like you got great teams, we respect each other, and, and John from JP. It's just like in a mutual respect, and yeah, like you said, if if one of my players went to you or vice versa. At the end of the day, we know, but again, though, we know that they're getting taken care of because we, you know, we all get along. So there are coaches out there that you just don't necessarily trust. But again, if they, if they screw it up, I, I, I believe that they're going to get blasted on social media and that'll be the end of it right then and there. You cannot hide anymore, boys. No, no, you sure can't. Everywhere. Yep. Yep. That's a fact. And I hope the kids listening too know that too, because Anything you guys post, we've said it before, it's going to be found. It's going to be – it's out there. It is out there. So there's right. no hiding nothing. And, <laughs> and, guys, as far as teammates posting and stuff, don't post about your other teammates. Mm. No, don't yeah. post about your other no. teammates. They're going to find out. They, you guys text behind each other's back, somebody's going to tell them. Dude, because they, they, people okay. are – they love drama these days. They love drama. Oh, they thrive off they of it. Thrive they thrive in the drama. They thrive off it. So yeah. they'll screenshot it little Johnny it sat. <laughs> little Johnny sat for three innings. I'm mad at the coach now. Well, maybe it's because little Johnny wasn't thinking, or maybe the coach is so ingrained in the game that he just forgot. But also, too, this goes back to our crazy <laughs> parents talk. This is the problem, too, is because parents talk about these things in front of the kids and yep. expect the kids not to have an opinion on it. Boom. Yep, yep. We, Boom. we talk about that all the time. <laughs> have your conversations as parents away from the kids and make sure they're away. So, like yeah. you said, Lil Johnny may think – you may think Lil Johnny's sleeping – but he's up on his bed and he's listening to you downstairs um, talking about recruiting, talking about little Stevie that missed the ground talking ball. Talking about the umpires. Yep, yep. Talking about the umpires, everything. Yep. Now all of a sudden you got a team full of yep. kids that are throwing their hands up in the air and shaking their heads and looking at the umpire and 
and they lose a game and they don't understand that they just lost the game because the other team might have just been better or made a couple plays more, but they're going to blame it on the umpires. Yep. Because it's easier to take the excuse. And especially as a kid, right. why would you lose straight up? No way. They're better than me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, so we talk about, you know, that's being, a, you know, a bad teammate and a bad parent. How do you be a, a good parent? <laughs> Andrew's raising the roof because he transitioned it again. Um, there, so there is no uh, doubt anymore. This guy has been playing in this episode for a couple weeks and he is, uh, he's been going over it and he is ready to go. Um, What's the next question? I'm ready to transition into it already. Boys. <laughs> yeah, you're getting ahead of it already. <laughs> so we talk about, you know, that being a bad team how do you how do you be a good teammate and and i want to go into like some one-off things that um don't necessarily always get talked about and and, um you know i'll start it off actually so like one little thing to me that i love to see is when a kid cleans up after the dugout and when everyone's getting their stuff out of the dugout and walking away and a kid grabs those four or five bottles of gatorade and throws them away and you know what it's usually I don't know if this is always the case, but I see it as always like the seventh or eighth batter who just has a great work ethic and he's building himself up. And by the time that kid is in high school, I bet you he overpasses the kids that were ahead of him because of his work ethic. So that's one thing for me that really stands out. Um, you know, what, what do you guys got? Those one-off things, not to like, oh, yeah. cheer your teammates on. You know, they all, they all could do that. Yeah, everybody knows that. Everybody knows, hey, cheer your teammates on. That's a good thing to do. Right. You know. I would say a couple of different things. One would be the kid, the first kid to go shake the umpire's hand at the end of a game. Okay? That kid, he leads by example. You can see it then. Now all of a sudden, everybody else kind of follows him. The one that gets me, though, the most is body language. Sure. Okay? Body language. You can have positive body language. You can have negative body language. If your body language is always positive... Your teammates thrive off of that. So if you're down 20 to nothing, but you're out there dancing and having fun and you have positive body language and stuff, that picks everybody else up because they're laughing at you. And that's fine. You want them to laugh at you. But if you go down there and your head's down and you're just, you're walking to your position and you're swinging your arms back and forth and all that kind of stuff, that's not being a good teammate because your teammates are going to thrive off of that. They're going to sit there and be like, well, he gave up, so... I guess it's okay for me to give up. Yeah, for me, it's, you know, and this goes back to more of the culture that just trying to create is positivity and energy, right? Because no matter the situation, especially in a game of failure, you know, you're going to be presented with options. Hey, you're going to fail, and that's okay. How do you respond to that? And more importantly, are you the guy, for me, I know I tell my guys a lot, are you putting your arm around the guy that just failed? Are you going and picking him up? Are you going and talking to him like, hey, bro, you messed up this time. It's cool. Get it on the next one. That's what it means to me. Like, I just want to see a team full of leaders. Hey, man, you didn't get it this time. We got you next time. You know? So, for me, that's what it is. Positivity and energy, man. Like, because you can always control that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, kind of what, what you both said, but Andrew, you, you remind me of a story. So when we were down in Florida, we were playing in the championship, and we we were it, it was late in the game. I think it was fourth or fifth inning, and we're down eight to one, and the game is slipping away, and it's 
it's it's you know it's getting close to over and i got to make another pitching change and i bring in a kid who hasn't pitched all tournament but he's a solid pitcher at home plays for a top team and uh he's always got a smile on his face no matter what and our kids were down man they were they were they were pouting because they haven't been in this situation much and they didn't know how to respond and no one's doing anything and this kid came in and he pitched good he didn't pitch like phenomenal he wasn't striking anyone out but he got out of the inning got out of the next inning he's just continuing to smile and then the next kid smiled and then the next kid smiled and then the next kid smiled and by the end of the game smiles we, are contagious oh yeah we, we lost eight to three but everyone had a smile on on their face at the end of the game because of one kid not because of me not because of the assistant coaches uh we could say all we want but we, we're not changing a kid's attitude so it was because oh, of that because one kid energy wins right yeah a hundred percent like i got a kid on my team he's my closer and that's crazy because we're only 10 you so to have a designated closer is ridiculous but this kid, I can pull him in, in the bottom of the sixth inning, bases loaded, and we only are up by one run, and nothing will face him. Nothing. And he just goes out there, and he does his job. He's got a smile on his face, and, and we literally call him Iceman because he's got ice in his veins, right? Well, that's, that's what makes a good teammate, stuff like that, you know. You're not getting too down. You're not too, getting too high. You can get too high on your emotion as well. And then when something bad happens, you crash hard. You know, so like you, you just got to stay level-headed and know that okay. I had a kid recently we're actually um talking to a mindset coach um and she's training us right now uh and everything. And I had a kid step in and one of his things was I need to stop focusing on the negative side of everything that I'm doing and start focusing on the positive because I'm doing more positive things than I am negative things. That to me was like mind blowing to hear from a 10 year old, 10 year old, right? Like him understanding that, that is going to turn him into a good teammate. If he can just keep on focusing on positive things instead of negative things, that will turn him into a good teammate. Yeah, but, I mean, that – you know, you telling that story, like I said, I mean, that directly reflects what you're constantly preaching to these guys or even young men. Because, like I said, I mean, I could talk all day about my 9U team down from Florida. I really could. Because they bought in, they drank the Kool-Aid, nothing but positive energy, you know. And it showed. It showed just – not even in, like, the, the wins and the losses – but they genuinely had a great time for a whole week because they just had fun, let the results take care of themselves. Like you said, they brought good energy. Good energy wins. I will say that till I die. Right. No, I agree. And it's like I, I can – you kids out there it's contagious so it starts with one kid and be that kid. Um, and you don't have to be it all the time. It's – we would love to see it all the time, but that's not realistic. Come on. It, 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 you have those one-offs. Like that kid in Florida that I have, he's that one-off that's always going to be like that. But that's so rare. Um, so it's okay to do it 50% of the time. Uh, you know, you don't, don't be a bad teammate those other 50%, but you don't have to be a great teammate all the time. But be a good teammate all the time, right? And 100%. If you're a good teammate, here's the deal. And wait for it, guys, because here it comes. You ready for it? Uh -oh. You don't have to be the top player oh, yeah. on the team <laughs> to 
to, to be the I didn't know where you were going with that. I didn't know where you were going. You can be the middle of the road player. You don't have to be the top player on your team. Right. You know, but with that being said, as far as top players go, this guy, he transitions over. (laughs) You never. (laughs) He's at the fire. I told you, we was in here practicing. (laughs) We're lying. (laughs) You are not lying. This guy is well prepared. This is going to be a a, a bit from now on. I'm not going to be able to control this guy anymore. (laughs) Nah, he's on a tangent, bro. It's over. I'm on a roll right now. I'm just feeling myself a little too much. Yeah, yeah. So I did want to talk about. You know, so some top players that you've seen, maybe you've coached. Um, you know, I don't want to. This is do like, some... hang on, I'm sorry. This is like the cross. <laughs> I, 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 now I'm trying to do it. Oh, I, it, was, I know. It, it came natural the first couple of times. Now I'm trying to do it. I'm already thinking about the next one. I, 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 right now, we haven't even started this topic. We're, we're not, I'm not we giving you the show. Andrew out of this. Yeah, <laughs> he's not getting that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the CR word soon. Yeah. They're just gonna start bleeping me out. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, we got a lot of editing to do on Andrew this week. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm not sending you the show topics anymore. You're, you're gonna have to learn it on the fly here. <laughs> See if you could transition then. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, no, I, so I want to talk about like some top players that you guys have seen, whether you coached them or didn't coach them, just seeing them. Um, I don't necessarily want to name drop unless uh, they're out of the travel baseball world right now. Um, but, you know, kind of what, what made those kids special? Um, you know, the little things that we kind of just talked about, but, you know, some other things that just made them special. Um, you know, who wants to start this one? If not, I could start it off. I mean, I have no issues going first. I mean, I can yeah. definitely say, I mean, you know, I've if seen, you ain't first, you're last, baby. That's right, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Bobby. Ricky. But it's talking about the greatest top players. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, so like, I mean, I've seen the kids committed to Vandy early, and those kids are always the ones. They're the first ones in there in on the field in the weight room, and they're the last ones to leave. And I know that's so cliche to say, but like. The, today's generation to me wants to make a post about how hard they work. They want to talk about, oh, I'm working, I'm putting in the work. Well, no, I don't need you to tell me you're putting in the work because it's going to show on the field. So those guys that, that do not care about the, the hype and the attention and they just put their nose down, work hard. I know for a fact, I, I FaceTime this kid at least once a week, and he'll be like, hey, coach, do I need to work on this? And I'm like, What'd you do today? He's like, oh well, I took six and seven period off of school today. Came home and got some hacks because he's like homeschooled. So he's like, I took six and seven period off and I just got some hacks. And it's like, okay. So literally, while everybody else is in school, he's at home getting hacks and taking ground balls. Like he is dedicated to his dream of playing professional baseball, and I'm excited to see if it'll pan out. Yeah, and, and you know when you, when the kids post and everything, I hate to say this, but you can tell by the post like how realistic it is just by his rep like that one video you could tell like well he just did this in a 20 minute session he's doing it for the instagram right here or you know this kid is actually putting in work you could tell by his swing and everything like that um again it it sounds so you know same old but you're right you're you're dead on when you come to say that hey first one in last one to leave you have to if that is your goal you have to put in the work Every single day, it's you know almost 365 days a year. You got to be doing something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if you ain't 15 minutes early, you're 15 minutes late. 
right? Like, that's just how it is, right? You know, I, look, as far as specific players go, I've, I've seen them all. I've seen kids that, that play up an age group and can still stand out <laughs> even when playing up in the age group. Um, I've seen kids at their own age group just absolutely to where you're asking them, like, why aren't you playing up? Like, you really need to be challenged more. Um, I've seen kids on, on small teams that you had no idea that was out there. We played a kid last year in February, February in Michigan, okay, at nine years old pumping 63 miles an hour. Jesus. In February, okay? Like, his arm wasn't even warmed up. We saw same kid in July, and he was pumping 65, 66. Like, I mean, he was – he's a difference maker, right? Like, you can throw him out there, and that overpowers a lot of kids at, at that distance, right? You know, I, there's just – it's hard – it's hard to distinguish the top players from the not top players because everybody's got their own trait mm-hmm. on the field. You know, like everybody needs to understand their role. Just because you hit 17, 18, 19 home runs in the park, over the fence, whatever, doesn't mean that the kid that hit in front of you for average and was on first base. Well, guess what he just did for the team? He's on base. You hit home run. That's two runs instead of one. Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody's got their own role. Everybody's really probably, you know, really good at a specific uh, position. But to talk top players, they're out there. And typically they play all on the same team, yep. typically. And it's typically that coach that's able to say, oh, yeah, no, we're traveling nationally. We're going to go to Florida. We're going to go to Texas. We're going to go to Nevada. We're going to go to California. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I'm like, dude, I got a day job. I got to work. Like, I, I won't be able to take you guys to Florida and Texas and Illinois. Like, I just won't be able to do it. Yeah. Right. But it's just a different, like you guys are saying, it's a different level of commitment. And it's, a, it's, it's just different. Come out to either the Midwest Baseball Ranks uh, tournament or you can come out to TBS, boys, and I promise you, you will see the difference between a pretender and somebody that's legit. Yep. You, you will see it. the difference. Yeah, those, uh, to me, those are the two biggest tournaments around. I, it's it's uh, unbelievable. Ours is more designated Midwest. The TBS World Series, I mean, those are dogs out there. I mean, you got everywhere, Georgia and everything. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you, you better bring it. You come to a yeah, you come to a tournament like TBS, and your mindset is we're going to lose a few games. Yeah. Like that's just your mindset. Even the great teams that go, their mindset is if we can get five games in, we had a good weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, and, and that's that's a legit statement. <laughs> yeah, well, and you talked about how like you know most of these guys, the best players play on the best teams. Well, then you got to ask yourself, well, why is that? Because they want to be challenged every day. They right. want to be challenged every day to fight for a spot, and those are the kids that get better. Nobody that sits yeah. back playing on their – even if it's a local team and they're really, really good and they dominate in their area, 
are you like you said? Are you going out and playing some regional teams? Are you going out and playing some of those you know national guys? Yeah. That's what matters. Playing the best, being the best. Right. Right. And I do think that there's got to be an aspect of you know we just had the no doubt guys on, and they brought up a really good point with the you know when they get into the high school level and stuff, um, when they start getting into the recruiting aspect of it and everything like. At that point, should you be traveling out of state every single week? No. Why? Because 95% of your team is going to play in the state that they that they came from if they go and play. So play in the tournaments around your area. Play in top tournaments around your area. You don't necessarily have to go out of state all the time. Once in a while, sure, but not all the time, right? And that's not what we're trying to say either. Is I'm not trying to say a 10U you should be traveling out of state 15 times a year. No, absolutely you not. You know, stay home. But if you are going to travel out of state, go to a good tournament. See where you rank. And if you come out of it 0-3 and you lost 20 to nothing all those games, well, now you know. Don't go to that one. That one might be a little too much for you. But if you come out of it 0-3 and you lost by one run every single game, one run is one play. Yep. 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 And, and so you made it, one of you guys made a point um, about just going out and getting reps every day. Uh, you know, I want to like say something to all the parents out there and, and we're all in the same boat too. And just working with kids and everything. Um, if your kid asks to put in some work, do it with him. Like, it's so easy to say, you know, I just got home from work a 12 hour day. I'm tired. I want to sit on the couch. I want to do this. But if your kid is saying, Hey, can we go hit for 30 minutes? Just do it. Nah. You, you, you'll regret it one day if yeah. you don't, whether it's well, uh, next saying, week or three years. I don't even have kids, and I feel that way. Yeah, like I, right. I hear that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been asked multiple times. I have three kids at home. One of them is on my baseball team, and he asks me almost every night, hey, Dad, can we go swing the cam wood tonight? Can we go? Like, I, I, need, I need to hit off the tee. I'm not getting my back hip around. Yeah, buddy, let's go. Well, not five minutes later, I'll typically have a kid call me from my team, say, hey, coach, is there any way that we can go up to the cage real quick? I just need a couple extra swings. Hey, honey, I'll be back. I'll be back in about an hour. I got to go up to the facility real quick. Right. It's so easy awesome. to say no, You want to come with? <laughs> you know, like you just, it's hard to say no. And I got, I got three kids at home. But she understands, and I have a very supportive wife. Uh, I have a very supportive seven-year-old daughter and, and currently a six-month-old daughter that's has no choice to be supportive of me um, right now, but they get it. They understand that like, Hey, no dad's going like he's helping kids right now be able to get better and take those up extra reps. And it's, it's big time. And you know, one day we hope to have one of those teams that were viewed as, man, they got like 10 top players out of 11 yeah. kids. Well, I t- like my freshman team, actually, so I coach Easter High School, like they put me in check because, you know, I'm telling them like, hey, put in the work, put in the work, you need to put in the work. <clears throat> and then they would just ask me, hey, can you stay for 30 minutes? Well, at first I said no, and then the second day I said no, and then I'm like, hang on, they're trying to put in work, and I'm the one stopping you. Right. Who am I as the coach? Like – these kids are sacrificing their 30 minutes. They could do something else with it just like I could. But like you said, I get off work. I go to practice. And I'm, and I'm like, 
but dude, that is spot on. That is spot yeah. on. Yeah, it's so easy yeah, to say just, no. It's it's so easy to yeah. say I, I can't right now. I'm tired. And and don't yeah. force them. No, yeah. right. If don't they're force to you. them to do it. Right. Like don't don't sit there and put into if you're a dad coach out there or a coach at all, don't force them. That's when they start to lose the love of the game. Sometimes it's better for them not to put in those extra reps. Right, you know, right. they they might not be sitting there saying I'm gonna go to base play baseball in college. That might not be their goal, but you don't want them. You think that they could go play college baseball, right? Like, hey man, my second baseman could play college baseball. He could play at the next level. So I'm gonna force him. Like, hey, get more reps, get more reps, get more. But what if that's not what he wants? And he's just perfectly content with being a really good high school baseball player, or a really good ten U baseball player. But he has no aspirations to be any more than that. Right. That's okay. And I'm, I'm stealing the show here. I'm going to the next topic before Andrew gets to butt in and try and steal the topic. I'm moving to the next topic, Andrew. No, no. There was no good segue to this one, guys. Yep. I'm sorry. Nope. nope. Speaking I, of I, places I, to play at. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there it is right there. <laughs> man. Speaking of putting in more work. Yeah. Uh, man. <laughs> I did my best. I did my best. Andrew's on a roll. Tabor, you, you fed into him there. What are you doing there? <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bad influence. If anybody needed to know, I'm a bad influence. <laughs> uh, no, I, it's, I want, it's the blue shirt. Yeah, the blue shirt gang here. <laughs> I wanted to talk about some, uh, you know, some locations, some tournaments that, uh, you know, tournament locations that um, don't necessarily get the love or, you know, those hidden gems. Uh, you know, Tabor, you'd probably be a really good one for this because I know you, you're all over the place. Um, so let's kick it off with you. Kind of a location for you that um, a hidden gem or anything. What state? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, nah, man. Actually, a couple came to mind. So when I seen this question, a couple came to mind. Um, Scrapyards down in Houston, Texas. It's a. It, it was an all softball complex, but they actually let us use it for all American games. Love it. I love it down there, man. It's it's really cool. Um, just the atmosphere, and plus they, you know, they sell alcoholic beverages, so nice. that's always a good time. But Myrtle Beach, that that is the one that sticks out to me. Myrtle Beach Grand Park um, is beautiful. So it's right in Is Market. that where Ripken's played down there? So Ripken is played down there, but this is a separate park that's probably about 15 okay. minutes away. It's all okay. turf. Nine fields, all turf. Beautiful layout. You can walk to the facilities. They got playgrounds. I love the complex at Myrtle Beach. Just the way it's laid out. Man, I love that facility. That's uh, yeah. I mean, just being in Myrtle Beach to begin with, that it sounds lovely right now. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, yeah, what you I, got? I got a couple. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my Homer one first. Um, Canton Sports Center, um, here in Michigan. Uh, Michigan baseball doesn't get a lot of love sometimes when it comes to tournaments. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of turfed fields up here, um, so a lot of people don't travel up here to, um to go to tournaments and stuff, which is something that we're trying to fix in the, in the state altogether. But, you know, Cannes Sports Center, they do, they have, they have really good fields uh, and stuff. It's dirt infields, grass outfields, you know, it's a little bit old school and stuff. They have a restaurant right on, on site, mm. you know, U-Trip runs out of there a lot uh, and stuff. You know, they do a really good job with, with being able to market it. There's, there's an ice rink right in front of it. There's an indoor soccer complex 
in front of it. It's a, it's it's kind of a big comment. There's Dick Sports across the street. You know, there's a bunch of restaurants in the area. So um, I I like playing at, at Canton Sports Center. So um, does it need work? Yes. <laughs> it needs work. I'm not going to lie. So if you come up here, don't be like, hey, where's that ass Andrew at? We got to have a chat <laughs> about his fields and his recommendation here. But no, I, I like it. The other one, and I'm sure people have heard about it, and I've never been there, and I plan on going there real soon, but Shipyard Park Beautiful. in South Carolina in Charleston. I mean, you. I'm looking at pictures right now, guys. Every single field faces a body of water. Whether it's the ocean or the intercoastal, you're looking at water in the batter's box. I mean, holy crap, man. Like, I, I see this thing, and I'm like, okay, 11U, 100%. Family, start saving up now because we're going. Yeah, yeah have you been there, awesome, Tabor? Man. You've been there? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, Tim, Rick held a TBS event out of there last year, man, and it was gorgeous. Oh, I mean, hitting bombs into the water, who wouldn't like that? Yeah, it's like oh. San Francisco. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that place looks gorgeous. I haven't been there. Um, two that come to mind for me. Um, so the first one, I, it's in Cincinnati. I, I think it's called Flash Fields from what I found. Um, so the Cincy Flames host a tournament there. And it's like four, one, two, three, four. I think it's four pretty basic fields, nothing crazy. Um, but good size for like uh maybe 9 to 11 to 12 and they have like the old school like press box slash restaurant slash rooftop bar right in the middle um which is awesome i mean it's like so you can stand on the roof uh, uh, of the deck of the the bar and like look at all four games which is really cool that's awesome yeah and it's just like good food there too uh good drinks um they actually had like when we went there two years ago. They had like uh, five tall boys for like ten bucks. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> so, no. That right there. Yeah, yeah. So sold. Where, when are we going again? Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to find it, right? <laughs> so that's definitely one. Um, the other one um, that doesn't get enough love, and I think it's just because it's in it's in Iowa, maybe. But uh, over at uh, TBK, over in Bettendorf, is an awesome facility. Um, over there it's really cool they got a ton of fields i think they have like 12 over there and yeah. they're expanding on i think they're adding three or four it just got announced the other day all turf as well yeah there. all turf and they have the retractable fences too which is really cool i don't know if you guys have seen those it's the only place i've really seen do it um but they so you can move the fences in and out like just by sliding them with they're on wheels and everything and they're tall they're probably 10 feet tall but um you can put them at 180 or you can put them at 300 which is pretty cool um but there's a lot of like hidden there's, gems out there man there is man there's so many baseball fields out there there's i'm sure there's parks that i'm missing i mean obviously you hear a sports force in, in elizabeth town and you know, all them, you know, a bullpen, championship park, grand park, all that kind of stuff. You hear about that. But, it, hey, listener land, if you got a park that we should go visit, comment on this. Leave a comment. Tell us where we should go visit. And maybe we'll uh, we'll send Tabor out there and he can uh, he can let us know what, what it's really like. <laughs> if we're going anywhere, my next stop is the ballparks of America in Branson, Missouri. Oh, okay. Branson, Missouri. Yep. I've heard good things about that. It's supposed to be awesome over there. They got an arcade on site for the kids. They got everything. For the kids, it, for Tabor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't coaching no baseball today. I'm going to shoot basketball, man. Yeah. Tabor's going to walk in and just throw his arms open like, 
I'm home. Yeah. It's a scatty land on steroids. Let's go. Uh, a little shot. Uh, Pinball. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. So I got uh, a fun question for you guys. You guys don't know what's coming. Uh, I just thought about it before the show. So this is going to be a random fun question. Um, it's a piggyback off of one we've asked before. So we've asked, what's your favorite baseball movie? I'm going to ask you, what is the baseball movie you dislike the most? Field of Dreams. Wow, that was quick. You hate Field of Dreams? St- I cannot stand that movie. And it's just because it's overplayed. It's so overdone. Like, I would love nothing more than to go and see Field of Dreams just because it's iconic and stuff. But the acting in it was atrocious. Like, it just... There's nothing well, I, good about that movie. I, I, David, what's this guy talking? I thought my answer was going to be off the charts. This is off the charts here. This is... Field of Dreams. Or Major League Back to the Minors. That's really bad, That's too. A better answer. You could have gave that one. Field of Dreams. <laughs> he can't, he, I don't know if his computer's frozen, but he can't move over there after that I'm comment. I'm not frozen. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Field of Dreams. And you can't. You, you will not convince me I don't want to. You're It is boring. It is boring. It is so slow. Like Rick tells me, it's okay. Sometimes you're mean. And sometimes you're wrong, so it's fine. Like you're okay. You know, it's hard being right all the time. Sheesh. That's well, you're wrong. On this one. Um, for me, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know that I've watched a baseball movie I didn't like. I. I got one. Oh, that's a cop-out answer. No, we're going to That is a cop-out answer, Hang on, Tabor. yeah, come back to me. Give I me went one. straight okay. controversial with Field of Dreams, yeah. and you were like, well, I like them all. <laughs> yeah, no, we're gonna know, come just back. give me one second. All right, I, I, and mine's going to be a little controversial, too, but um, I'm going with Sandlot, man. I think it's overrated. Um, okay, now I got a problem. I got, hear me out. It's, it's, Do y'all it's understand a, how flabbergasted I am over here? I can't even come up with an answer. <laughs> I, I just I'm not a huge Sandlot guy. I think it's an average movie. Um, I think it's played out. I think I, I don't know. I, I, there's I don't know. There's not like a ton of ba- not enough baseball in it for me. Like it's a lot of like one off clips of baseball and everything. Um, I get it, like the childhood aspect, but it's like I don't know. And it's overplayed. I guess kind of what Andrew said too. It's on all the time. Right now, it's been on like every day on MLB Network because of the lockout. But um, it's overrated to me. I- I will agree with you that there's not enough baseball in Sandlot to where I almost somewhat don't consider it a baseball movie. But the ones the the best part of that movie is when they actually played the local Little League team. That's the that's the part that I sit there and watch the most. Like, man, this is great when they're talking smack, smack to yeah, each other yeah. and, and everything. And hey, is that your sister on the yeah, outfield? Yeah. Like she give me your number and stuff. <laughs> like that's the best part of the movie is the baseball aspect of it. So I can see where you're coming from, but dude, that's crazy. <laughs> mine, so now mine has to be the bench warmers. Oh no, come oh, on. Oh, come on. Now, hey, no. hear me out. It's funny. I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah. But in what realistic world are three grown men going to play a bunch of Little League kids? And then, on top of that, Stop I, it right I now. am 12. Yeah. I am 12. You, He's got a you, beer in his hand. You stop it right now. You're telling me right now that us three wouldn't go out there and just start smashing on some 12-year-olds. Right yeah, now. that's the problem. 
Exactly. <laughs> so it is realistic. But it's not, though, because... <laughs> and you are the man that's sitting there with the beer in his hands with, I am 12. That is 100% going to be you. <laughs> and it might be, but no parents signing that uh, liability for. No parents. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> like, no. listen, especially the first one where, like, the kid, the guy hits the ball and it hits the kid in the chest. If that's real life, that kid's gone. <laughs> He's no longer with us, and then then you just run over him like, "Hey, ball's still alive, punks!" And you're like, "What? What just happened?" Rob Schneider hitting the ball. Yeah, yeah. it is a exactly very funny movie. About. I think it's hilarious, but that would be my least favorite baseball movie. That's fair. Because now I, all I can think about is there must be mac- uh, steroids in macaroni. Macaroni. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Comedy, comedy's a one. When he kept on, when he kept on beef stewing the kid. Yes, that's what I was talking about. He's getting under beef stewing the kid. (laughs) Oh man, that's isn't there a TikTok now with a bunch of baseball and softball players do that from that movie when he like chops it? Don't chop at it. You're chopping at it. (laughs) Oh. My favorite ones are, you're still out. You're still fat. You're still fat. <laughs> oh, the TikTok game. That's what I'm saying. Benchwarmers is a funny movie. Yeah. Baseball, not going to do it for me. Yeah, that's fair. I well, think you're wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> I think every answer we, someone said it was wrong. So, I, that, was, that was good. We got some controversy going there. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's so many good Mine's movies. Mine's still right. Yeah. Just stay tuned, I promise. I'm all controversy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've, you've been at the complexes I've been at. You know I'm controversy. <laughs> You're controversy, though. Eh, you know, Just follows you. Yeah, that's controversy a, follows you. Good controversy. It's a, it's a positive. I, I thrive in chaos. <laughs> so does Andrew when he gets into it with the other teams every once in a while, right? <laughs> like you talked about. The other team's parents, not the other team. Yeah, the other team's right. Sorry, I should have. Right. It's like a living legend story in, in the state of Michigan right now, too. Legit, the tournament director came up to me and was like, Hey, man, you remember when you said that one's on you to the other <laughs> team as you're beating them 20 to 1? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, guys, this was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate uh, T- Tabor hopping on with us. For those of you out there, Coach Tabor's going to be on with us uh, every couple weeks or so. He's going to be our guest co-host. Uh, and, uh, you know, you guys get sick of me and Andrew sometimes. So, I, I got one last thing, man. You guys got to check it out. You remember Camwood? Oh, yeah. When we had them on the show. They were talking about the infield stuff. It's out, baby. Go look at it. So we- Everybody, go check out camwoodbats.com. Their infield program is live. Does that count as the C word? No, no, no. 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 <laughs> no. Camwood has actually helped us. Yeah. yeah. Camwood's helped us. The, the other, uh, the nah. CU word, they haven't done anything for us over C- here. CR. CR. Or CR. Yeah, geez, I said CU. Yeah, that word wow. we don't use. See you later is what yeah. we're about to be doing. <laughs> We're about Perfect to be segue to end the show. See you later. See you later. We're Atta about boy, to be Taylor. canceled on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, no, everyone, we appreciate you tuning in. Like I said, Coach Tabor is going to be back with us a few times here, um, especially as we ramp up the season here. Um, go check him out. Uh, you can find him on Instagram. That's where he's always posting stuff. Check out baseball youth, uh, baseballyouth.com. Right, Tabor? Yes, sir. 
Yeah. You're on TikTok now too. Tabor K22, running followers up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, serious note, all my this is the craziest thing and it makes me upset. My friend Coach Spug, Lathan, Mark Paul, all of them famous, and then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we got to get Lathan on the show, man. Lathan's you got to awesome. hook us up with that. We got to get Lathan on I'll the show. I'll text his dad tonight he's, and I'll put you on the awesome. group text. He's awesome. Lathan's Love dope. it. Love it. Get the You know who Lathan is, Jim? No, I don't. I'm sure I do. Oh, do, do I know Lathan, who he is? Lathan is the little kid umpire. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got to get him on the show, man. His name's Lathan? <laughs> Yeah, Lathan, yeah, the kid I, Ian. I thought it was Ian, so I misread his tag. Yeah, no, I know exactly who he is. Oh, yeah. Is is he from, where's he from? Louisiana. Is he from Indiana? Okay, for some reason, I thought he was from Indiana. I saw, he was at Bullpen for something. Um, oh, I'm a big Lathan fan. I love it because people comment on dude, his stuff all the time. Fantastic. and they're like, They're like, oh, he can't play, he can't play. And every time he wins a championship, I just share it on my Instagram. Like, flex on him one time, little guy. Right. <laughs> flex on him one time. <laughs> and he does, too. He's he's in his Yankees jersey just holding his ring up to boom. Yeah. Yeah. Smile. I tell him all the time. I said, smile one time for the haters, baby. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna have a lot of haters, and props to him for just owning them. Like that's what it's all about, right there. No, I thought for some reason his name was Ian. Um, yeah, but no, I know who you're talking about. He's, he's big time. He's a big time. Um, we got to get him out here. Yeah, we'll do for him. But guys, go check out Baseball Youth. Like I said, baseballyouth.com. Check us out, MidwestBaseballRings.com. Follow us on Instagram. But make sure you guys hit like, subscribe to this podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. And Coach Taylor will be on with us uh, here in a couple weeks. But we appreciate you guys uh, listening in. Thanks, guys. All right, let's hop into our interview here. We have on the line with us coming up right now, Rick Weaver, own, owner of Cradle Sports. Guys, go check them out immediately, cradlesports.com. Uh, a great interview about you know a powerful tool that is uh, able to unleash the power with our kids. Their website, that's their slogan here. And uh, another just cool hitting tool uh i actually got got mine from rick and uh you know my kid likes it already he's enjoying it and getting used to it. it's a different style different thing that you know he necessarily hasn't worked with before um so you know i love adding in you know different different things that our, our kids can try and you know find what's comfortable for them so i definitely recommend going to check out their bat weights uh cradlesports.com but with that being said let's hop over to rick right now this interview is sponsored by Beast Mint. You guys have seen Beast Mint out there with us. We're partnering up with Beast Mint for our showcase March 26th. You're going to want to sign up for that at MidwestBaseballRings.com because you're going to get yourself a brand new original OG card uh, from Beastman. Those things are electric, man. I just saw today someone got the first Moonshot card. That thing was awesome, man. That thing took off into the sky. These cards are special. Everyone's everyone's going to want one if you don't have one already. I'm seeing them all over Instagram, on Facebook right now. It's spreading like wildfire. Just You don't want to be late to this game. Trust me. Your kid does not want to be late to it. So go check them out right away. Beastman.com. Go get yours today. All right, everybody, welcome back. Midwest Baseball Rings podcast right back at you here. We got on the line with us a special guest, Rick Weaver, owner of Cradle Sports. Rick, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on tonight. Absolutely. Excited to have you. Um, been looking over at your products all day and throughout the week and everything and love what you guys got going on here. Uh, you know, before we get into that and everything, you know, kind of talk about your background in baseball. Uh, you've been around the game for a while. So, you know, wh where have you come from? Um, so I went, I went to high school in Bryan, Ohio, which is Northwest Ohio. Um, 
ended up going to college at Otterbein, uh, which is in Westerville, suburb of Columbus. I played baseball there. Uh, I, I was the head coach down in uh, Kentucky for one year, and then I moved up to Defiance, where I'm at now. So I'm currently in my 23rd year. I'm the associate head coach there, and I've, I've been there for a long time. It's it, You can't get away. It's your spot. Huh? It's your home. <laughs> it's Yeah, I've tried, and I just can't leave. <laughs> uh, no, I don't blame you. You get comfortable, and you sometimes you just can't leave. Uh, so, you know, talk to me and our guests here. What, 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 tell us about Credo here. Uh, you know, I, I've been looking at it, obviously. Andrew knows about it real well. But for the people out there that don't know what you guys do, kind of talk about your products here. Yeah, so it's, it's a bat weight um, that's designed to go right above the hands. Uh, you can use it on your own bat, which is unique. Um, the weight options are unique. We have, we start at 10 ounces and go all the way up to 40 ounces. And, and then you have the ability to use it T-work, front toss. You can use it off machine. You can use it BP. So you can use it uh, with any type of training uh, that you're looking for. Yeah. So you mentioned the different sizes and that's something that kind of caught my eye. Um, like, what is your guys' most popular size there? Because the forty ounce—that's that's a monster, <laughs> and the fifteen's yeah, a little. That's, that's that's for sing, swinging the fence post there. That's you're cutting down a you're cutting down a tree and swinging at a game yeah, with that. That is that is that is a, a heavy one. Um, we actually had uh, two guys over Christmas break that played Ohio State uh, come in and, and wanted to use it and. Um, they said they were okay with it off the tee and front toss, and they said they turned the machine on, and it was it was tough to swing live. Um, it, it is heavy. Just to pick it up is heavy, and then to think of trying to swing with it. Um, for us at the high school level, um, I kind of tell everyone the 20 ounce is kind of the most universal weight uh, that seems to fit uh, almost every high school kid. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's what kind of what I was thinking. Um, but I, I got to be honest with you. I got to give the, the 40 ounce a try here, man. It's just you know, like you're tempting me with it on the site. It, it's just it's you know. heavy. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Jim, you know, so, Jim you're, you're hyping yourself up way too much, Jim. There's no I know, way you're going to be able to swing that. No, no. I might not even be able to lift it. I might not be able to lift it. <laughs> so, you know, what made you kind of get involved in this game, you know, create this product? Product. Is it something that you kind of felt was a need or, it, it, you know, one of those ideas that just hits you out of nowhere? Kind of what led you to, you know, go with this product? It's a, it's a, it's actually a very interesting story. Um, I, I've always, for 20 plus years of, of coaching, uh, I, I've given lessons on the side. I've, I've always been a big believer in, in overload, underload training. And, and there was really never a, what I would consider a great overload weight. For bats we used to use um a bat weight it was called the hitting jacket which um kind of slides up and it goes about a quarter of the way up your barrel um <clears throat> but if you weren't strong enough I, I always felt like it did more harm than good so I, I i'd watch our kids who weren't strong enough their hands would get outside barrel would drop and and i just kind of thought you know it's this isn't what i want for our overload program and I was given a lesson to uh, to a kid he was 10 years old and I was talking to his dad and and I was telling him how I believe in the overload and I said see I, I kind of hesitate to use this with your son because I don't like what it's doing with his swing and so the dad asked me where would you want the weight and I said ideally I'd want it on the hands 
but there's nothing out there. Like I can't find anything to what I want. So like two weeks later, I'm in Florida on vacation with my family and he sends me this picture and his kid's holding a, uh, his bat with this weight right above his hands. And he sends me the message, is this what you were talking about? And I respond, yeah, where in the world did you get that? And and so he messaged me back and says, oh, I just made it. And I'm like, you got to wow. be kidding me. Yeah. So um, he's like, hey, let's go out to lunch when you get back. And we sat down and talked. And he was like, do you think this is something that coaches and players could benefit from if, if we did something like this? And I said, I believe in 100%. I think this is a great product. And he was he was like, well, let's start a business. And I'm like, I'm a teacher and a coach. I like have no idea how to start a business. (laughs) And he's like, don't worry. I've done it before. I'll do that side. I don't know anyone on the baseball side. You take care of that and I'll do the business side. And, And that's how it started. And that's, that's where we're at. It's, it's a crazy story. Yeah. That's a pretty cool story there. You know, I, yeah it's unique as well because it's it's one of those things that just kind of popped up and you you were in the right place at the right time with the right right guy and everything the stars aligned and it was perfect can you go into a little bit detail why um your overload and underload some of our guests may not understand what you say and what you're talking about when you're talking about that program can you just go into detail a little bit about what you mean um, when you say overload and underload, I, I know I yeah, do. I'm sure Jim does, but for for the uh, guests out there, yeah, 100. So um, basically, what what you do is you take for the 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 weight of your normal bat that you use, and then the overload would be putting more weight on your bat than what your normal weight is, and then the underload is swinging a a lighter bat. And we've done it for years um, throwing. We always threw tennis balls, softballs, and baseballs. And um, about 12, 14 years ago, I'm like, this makes sense with, with hitting also. So I've been, you know, thinking of ways to, uh, different ways of overload of, of what I thought <clears throat> would benefit our guys, um, did different things, and, and obviously um, – what we created, I, I think, is, is probably the best thing out there. Um, and then underload, really for us, we use our coaches' fungo bats because uh, it's about the same size. Um, so it's like swinging our, our kids' normal bat, but a, but a lot lighter. So that's when I talk overload and underload, that's, that's how we use them. Gotcha, gotcha. And, Jim, that would be more your bat that you would swing. You'd swing more the fungo bat or the yeah. wiffle ball bat. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. They're still going flying though. They're still going to make so, it their so, way out. So, so unfortunately, Jim's underload would be <laughs> a twig. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. We won't deny I, that. I <laughs> that's about me nowadays. Right. I got nothing left in me, Coach. I, I gave it all I had. I got nothing left. <laughs> that's right. I'm with you. No, that's that's a phenomenal story about how that got going, and uh, you know I've seen the product all over, and you, you know so it, you explaining it better like that, I think it helps. You know, not only myself but the guests and everything. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, kind of get into like the more. I mean, you kind of talked about it already, but any other benefits this product is for baseball players and also for the softball players too. You know, I I yeah. definitely want to you know touch on that. Yeah, and and we get that question a lot. Can um, 
Can softball players use this? Absolutely. Has the same benefits that will fit a softball bat. Um, <clears throat> so when we were designing this, I, I, I had a feeling um, that it, it would have several benefits and exit velocity was the number one. I, I, I just, I knew exit velocity would increase um, just by being able to put more weight on the hands, create quicker hands, quicker bat speed. Um, so we're, we're fortunate enough, we have a hit tracks. So I've been measuring our kids for well over three months. Um, our exit velocities and our distances um, have really went through the roof um, <clears throat> of, of our guys just getting stronger, being able to hit the ball harder. Um, kind of the, I guess I'd say the hidden benefit, which I thought would help, um, but I wasn't sure was actually the way it's helped. Um, to create the proper swing path of keeping our hands inside, um, hitting more line drives. So many of our kids, if I ask them like, Hey, what do you feel when you, when you use the, the credo weight? Um, almost all of them say I barrel up more balls and I hit more line drives than I ever have. Um, so I wasn't sure on that. I, I thought that would be a benefit, but I had to see it and, and it really has. Um, and then I've had a couple other people reach out to me um, who have used uh, the blast system with their kids. Um, and they said the, the, uh, our bat weight has really helped um, with their attack angle, um, looking at that. And then their, um, uh, the plane, the different measurements of, of the blast, they said just by using our bat weight has really helped their numbers out on the blast system. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, you can have multiple training tools out there, multiple different aspects of the game, but one of the biggest ones to use is going to be hitting because this is this is a hitter's game anymore. It's about putting runs up on the board. So if you can increase your bat speed and, and exit velocity and everything, that benefits multiple age groups of kids um, all the way through. So your product is spot on, you know, with that being said, you know, what's kind of next for Credo? I, me and Jim, were kind of talking here, you know, you, it looks like you might have something coming up for golf there. I know I like golf. I know oh, Jim yeah. likes golf. You know, like I just curious, you know, what do you guys, what are you guys kind of thinking about without giving away too many secrets, but oh, you know, yeah. So golf is next. Um, so we just got uh, about 20 to 30 prototypes delivered us to us today. Um, I used, we had a couple prototypes. I went to a, a, a golf place that has the, the simulators over Christmas and the, the benefits are exactly the same. It's um, club head speed, ball speed, distance. Um, I, I did it with my own swing and, Every, every one of those three improved with me using it 20, 25 swings. So um, golf is next. We're hoping within a month to be able to release our golf weights. Um, and then our goal is really to get every swing sport. So then go to lacrosse, tennis, and hockey. Um, so those are the five sports we want to hit. Baseball and golf are my two favorite sports. That's why we went with those first. Uh, I've never played lacrosse or hockey, so we're going to have to find someone to help us <laughs> that knows those sports because I don't know anything about those two. Well, I'll tell you where I'm from. 
where where I'm from, there's plenty of hockey players. So, you know, if you ever need anything, just shoot me a message. I got plenty of hockey You got players. it. You got it. I will. It, so the golf thing really kind of grabs my attention too. Obviously, we're a baseball podcast, but I I know baseball and golf kind of go hand in hand, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, yep. is there anything out there for golf? Because I've never even thought about it. I mean, I golf fifty times a year. I've never thought about a golf weight, but it makes sense. There, there isn't of of what our weight is. There's a couple like there's some heavy clubs. There's a weight you can put down um, by the the head. Um, but ours is the only one out there where you can actually go the range and hit with it. Um, so we've, we've sent it to a couple teaching pros and all four of them said the same thing of this is the best training aid I've ever seen. Like, I can't believe no one's ever thought of it. And right. if you, if you, if you're in my house, it's an argument between me and my wife of who came up with it. She thinks it's her, and I swear I'm the one that said the golf weight. So we don't know who's right. Good luck winning that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. That, I you might just need to concede that argument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, and that's a lesson to all you young men out there. Just concede the argument. It's okay. It's not worth it in the end. Yep. So, anyways, back to back on topic here. You know, I guess my question would be: I kind of want to go back to the, the initial idea of this. You know, mm-hmm. well, was this an idea that that maybe you've kind of thought about throughout your coaching years and stuff? You're you're trying different products. You're trying to find something that's best. The the one thing that I find so unique about this is this product. It's it's almost a you can buy it once and grow up with it you don't have to buy it multiple times because you take that and attach it to your own bat so as your bat gets heavier and longer that weight will still work for multiple years so i mean was that kind of part of it is we want to make sure that they have to just buy this thing once and and then that's it or you know what what was kind of the idea behind it no, you're 100% right. So obviously, um, being a coach, uh, I understand uh, the funding part of having to buy stuff for your program. Um, so when we when we designed this, I, I said I, two main goals is what I wanted is I wanted it to be affordable. So to keep our products under 100 bucks, which we were able to, and I and I said I want it to last. So I didn't want each year either a, a program, a team, or an individual having to buy one every year because, oh, mine broke. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of in that for our high school program. We're in that right now with tees where it seems every year we have to buy four or five tees because they just don't last. Um, so that, that was our, our main thing of we wanted a product that was sturdy and it, it could last for years. That's that's great. You know, once again, you know, the website out there for everybody is Kratosports.com. Uh, you're going to want to go check this stuff out. There's videos out there of it. Uh, you know, you have baseball, you have softball, you have golf, Kratosports.com, and Krato is spelled with a K, so it's K-R-A-T-O sports.com. Um, you know, I guess 
when when we really get to the nitty gritty of the product itself, it, it looks fairly durable. What what is what is it made of? You know, like I know that a lot of products out there is like it's just a piece of cement, and if you drop it hard enough, it'll crack and break and stuff. But yours looks pretty pretty durable. Can you tell us what it's kind of made of? It, it's durable. Yeah, it's made of steel, and then it has a, a rubber coating, um, and then uh, two screws that that go in to connect them. So if if there's anything that may break, it's the the plastic part of the screw. Um, and we've only had a few people say they broke them, and that's because they were hitting on um, cement and they dropped them on the cement. Other than that, we've had no one that has messages that anything went wrong with them so um we did get the one message early on about the the caps breaking so we always send extras but that's it it's it's as durable um as it comes that's your your, your buddy that you guys went in on this he must be uh he's, he's a pretty smart guy huh? he's creating this i mean perfect product uh, yeah here. he's he, yeah he's he's uh he's very good at that that's his he's good at uh he's done this before not in the baseball but where he's had inventions um and, and started companies he's a he's very smart he's always thinking he's thinking of the next things we can do uh it's it's been a, a really cool experience so far for me that's awesome man that's good partnership i love it uh so you, i mean you're clearly a hitting guy you know obviously you, you know your products are driven towards hitting <laughs> you you're the hitting guy right i mean you love it everything about it love it yeah absolutely <laughs> what's up What's uh, like kind of one thing that you notice from players that, um, you know, that they need to work on something that kind of is, you know, just sticks with every kind of hitter out there that you're noticing with a lot of people. What's that one thing that you can kind of give advice for our listeners here? I think the the biggest thing is, is getting to a good power position. Um, so if, if you don't know uh, what that is, that would, I always say it's when your, your stride foot hits and your hands are back. Um, I, I've been, I've been looking at video for years and, and it always seems to me that every breakdown for our kids that I've been looking at stems from the stride and getting to the power position. So I think if hitters can get to a, a good power position, it sets them up to, uh, be successful in hitting. I, as a hitting guy myself, cause uh, on my team, I, I tend to lean towards hitting as well. So as a hitting guy myself, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I try to explain to, to folks that it, it doesn't matter what your process is before. You know, Kevin Euclid has one of the funkiest swings out there in the world, yet he still can hit for average and he's got a lot of power. And if you watch him, every batter out there, gets into their power position every single batter it doesn't matter it does not matter how they start it doesn't matter how they finish but that middle section they will all have the same exact motion am i right in telling our listeners that is that something that you believe yeah okay good i don't want to say something that's wrong so since you're the hitting guy (laughs) yeah i agree with you 100 you can look at all hitters and they all get to that power position you know, while we're on that topic, you know, name a couple of guys that you look at when you see great hitters or talk about great hitters. Well, if you look at two of the, when I was growing up, so my favorite player of all time was George Brett. So I'm a huge uh, Kansas City fan. Um, 
so I loved watching George Brett. And then as I got a little older, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was my favorite watching him. I, I remember in high school, I'd stay up when he'd be the 10 o'clock game on ESPN just to watch his um, four at-bats. <clears throat> um, nowadays, I love watching Bryce Harper. I love Mike Trout. Um, I, I love those. I love watching those guys because they compete. Um, I, I mean, you just watch them. They compete every swing, every at-bat, and, and they take cuts. Um, just their approach. Um, as, as I watch younger baseball, um, you know, little league, even up with high school, I don't think a lot of guys really um, know how to compete in the box and know how to take a cut. They think they're swinging hard, but um, when you watch Bryce Harper swing and sometimes his helmet will fly off, I mean, that's taking a cut. And um, I, I don't know. I just, I like watching those guys that compete and, and you know, when they get in the box, they believe they're better than anyone else that's on that mound that day. Yeah, I, I love the Bryce Harper answer personally because to me, Bryce Harper kind of has that tag to him where people think he's overrated because his stat lines don't – whatever. You, you hear it all the time right. or he thinks he's too cool, whatever it is. But if you love baseball and you love hitting, Bryce Harper is a phenomenal hitter. Oh. He does everything right in the box. God, you nailed that, Jim. You nailed it. He gets such a bad name, and my right. kid loves Bryce Harper. He lo He's Fernando Tatis Jr. is his favorite, but he loved Bryce Harper before Tatis came came into the show, yeah. and he gets such a bad name, but he has one of the most pure swings yeah. it, that you oh, can see. He doesn't look like he's swinging hard either, but when the helmet <laughs> comes off, he's got some oomph <laughs> behind it. Yes, he does. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a great answer. I'm glad you said that. And for all our listeners too, like go back and look at the greats. Obviously, everyone knows Ken Griffey Jr. and everything, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of them back then. I mean, it's a lot different, you know, back then than it is now. You had a lot more mechanic, you know, guys that were mechanics, you know, 15, 20 years ago versus now. And there, you know, there's best of both worlds. But um, I'm glad you mentioned a couple older timers too. Um, you know, so next thing I, I got, you know, so. Um, I got to ask you, and you, you've talked about it already a little bit here and there, but, you know, what makes the hitting aspect of baseball, like, so special to you? Is it, you know, seeing a home run or seeing a line drive? What's that special tingling moment with hitting for you? What I like to see as a coach out of the yeah. hitters? Or, yeah, yeah, that, well, that thing I, that excites you. Well, I, I, there's a lot of things that excite me, and, and I touched on with the other hitters of guys that compete, but, I, you know, as 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 a guy that hits that opposite field line drive to the gap, I, I love those swings. I, I That's when you know a guy is on his swing, when he can go opposite field line drive. Um, those are those are the swings that get me excited. Um, but then, you know, there's other things, because we talk all the time to our kids that, you know, getting a hit it should never be your goal. Because, I mean, we all know baseball is a game of failure. Um, so if, if getting your hit hits your goal, you're going to be mad a lot. And so our approach, we always talk about quality at bats. Um, you know, just finding a way, hit a ball hard, do something positive. Like, you can still have a great at bat and not, not get a base hit. So about 10 years ago, we were introduced to Steve Springer um, and his uh, quality at bat CD, which has been an absolute game changer for our program. And, and what it does, it talks about the mental side 
<clears throat> where you don't have to get that base hit and you could go 0 for 4 and, and still have had a great day at the plate. Um, so good quality at bats, a great at bat will get me as excited as a, you know, double off the fence. I, I absolutely love that answer. Um, it's something that, that I'm really, um, that I preach a lot on this show is that baseball is a game of failures. Um, I love the response. You know, I, if you don't mind, I might steal that just because, you know, I, so many, so many kids nowadays, nine, 10, eight, 12, 13, they think that if they go over four, they, then they failed. And, yep. and yes, on the stat line, sure. Yes. That's, that's what it says. Right. But, but really what you did was that 12 pitch at bat that you kept on following pitches off and following pitches off, you wore down their starter. They had to bring in a reliever because of those pitches, those extra throws that turns into a quality at bat. So I really love the fact that, that you, that you focus on that mental aspect of the game. Yeah, it's much, much more than with the stat line. I think we all know that. And if you don't, then you need to learn it. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, next thing up, we got uh, we like to do uh, a little game with our guest here. We throw some random questions out at you. You give us your answers here. Um, some easy questions, some hard, all baseball related. So uh, all right. ready to have some fun here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's start you off pretty easy here. Um, I'm going to start you off with if you could be one mascot for any day, do you get one day you could be a mascot in any sport? What mascot would you choose? Oh, Breedus the Buckeye. Oh, man. You <laughs> Buckeye <laughs> fans, man. <laughs> hey, hey. <Sorry>. Can't <laughs> get away. Can't get away. You know, to be on the field for a football game? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> next one I got for you. Who is your favorite baseball character in a baseball movie? Oh, my favorite character? Roy yep. Hobbs. Yeah, love good answer. Good answer there. Yep, I love that. I love yep. that answer. So would I got a couple for you here. Would you rather win a game with a walk-off bunt or win a game with a walk-off home run? Oh, well, see, our program, we're pretty, we're well-known for bunting, um, but I would still rather win a game of a walk-off home run. All right. Okay. Go big or go <laughs> home. I like it. All right. What um, – are you a bubblegum guy or a seed guy? Gum. Okay. What is your gum of choice? Um, the little gumballs that you get out of the machine. The ones that lose flavor after <laughs> Those, 30 seconds? Yes. And I, <laughs> I go through about 50 of them in 10 minutes. So that you 10 might as well just get zebra seconds, stripes. <laughs> I know. For, for that 10 seconds, that's the best flavor gum you'll find. <laughs> that's a okay. good point. Here's here's one for you. If they made gum flavored sunflower seeds, would you eat the seeds then? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. They make they make flavored seeds out of every flavor nowadays. So every I, flavor. gum flavors every coming. Flavor. I'm telling you, it's gotta well, be. Absolutely. Or the other way around, uh, seed flavored gum that might be coming. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that one. Uh, next one I got for you. 
So you're you're at your school. You guys got a you, you big game going on, and uh, you have two options to coach in. It's either a full on suit, or you gotta you gotta coach with no shoes, no sandals, nothing, barefoot onto the turf. Which one are you choosing? Barefoot. barefoot. I hate wearing suits. Yeah, I'm we with have you. not had one suit no. guy yet. Not one. No. Okay, no. one more question for me: Are you a socks and sandals guy or a Socks and Crocs guy. Socks and Crocs. Socks and Crocs. It, so if you had to coach in Socks and Crocs, would you coach in Socks and Crocs? Yes. So I get do it. it. It's, just a, it's a big it. time answer on this show. You're not the first <laughs> and not the last. It's very popular. <laughs> uh, so my next question I had written down was actually – and I, I can't really ask it anymore, but uh, it was who had a better mouth meltdown? Was it George Brett or was it Terry Collins um, when he talks about being his ass in the jackpot? But you're a George Brett guy, so I, I, I can't throw that one at you. I'm not going with George Brett. Yeah, right, right. Him kissing that bat. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so that won't be my last one. So my last one I'll end it off with uh, – what is the best rivalry in baseball, whether it's college, whether it's a local high school or professional, whatever it may be? Well, for me, the best rivalry for me is, is Defiance versus Brian. So um, I went to Brian and now I coach at Defiance. So that's a big rivalry. Um, most of your listeners will probably say, I don't even know who those two schools are. You know, so what's that matter? So if you want to know um, what most people would say, I would say the Yankees and Red Sox is. Um, anytime they play and they're on TV, I will watch it because something great's going to happen. It's kind of like Duke and North Carolina basketball. It is. I don't yeah. like. I don't like either. I don't like team, either of them, but, but I'll, but I'll sit there and watch it. Yep, I'm the same <laughs> way with that. Yep, absolutely. It, and you know what? With that rivalry, every year it's like I'm not watching this stuff again. It's on again. It's always on TV, and then you you watch it. Like it's, you find yeah. yourself watching it. Right? Yeah, all, you every have time. To. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, last question we ask all our guests here when we wrap up the show is, you know, what's one moment for you when it comes to baseball that you'll never forget, whether it's coaching, playing, being involved, that one moment that sticks with you that you'll never forget? Um, so we've been fortunate enough um, at, at Defiance. We, we won three state titles. So we won one in 2013, 2015, and 16. So we won three out of four years. Uh, but in, in 2015, uh, my son was on the team and, and he was a starter. So um, if you ever get a chance to win a state title with, with your son, it was one of the coolest moments of my life. Um, coaching your kid is, is not easy. There's a lot of ups and downs, but um, to be able to have his last game as a state title was, uh, was pretty special. Yeah, that's as special as it gets. That's yeah. that's you, you you those moments you you just he'll never forget. Uh, he'll never. never forget. He'll tell his kids yeah. and they'll tell yeah. their kids. That's that's that a special cool. moment. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great moment, and uh, I think yeah, one that kind of gave me chills. So I love it. I, it's <laughs> awesome. Well, Rick, we appreciate you hopping on, man. For all those out there that haven't checked it out, I'm sure you've seen the product because, like I said, I've seen the product all over. Go check them out, kratosports.com. Um, go get the bat weight. Unleash the power. I like it, the slogan at the top there. That's what it's all about, man. Get All the kids, they want the power. They want to barrel everything up. So, hey, that's what you're looking for. Go check it out. <laughs> we appreciate you hopping on with us, Rick. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Absolutely. Thanks, we'll talk soon.